morning. My good friend Jason Weaver, who is one of our youth pastors. If you haven't met him before, he's preached in here before. Uh, but Jason's filling in for Michael, so welcome Jason for me this morning, please. Am I on? Oh, yeah, I am. Wow. Uh, thank you for having me back again. Um, it's just a blessing to be here and to be part of, of this community in New Heights uh, and part of this church. Alamo Heights Methodist is just a great place to be and a great place to serve. Um, I'm, I'm 28 years old, and, and that may seem young to some people and, and old to some other people in the room, but that's okay. For 28 years, I've been going to church. For 15 years, I've been a follower of Jesus Christ. And in the 28 years that I have been going to church, I've heard thousands of sermons, speeches, uh, talks, devotionals, whatever you want to call it. I've, I've heard it all. Um, and I've heard thousands and thousands of them. And one of the things that I've heard regularly, and, and you probably are with me on this, is that a lot of the speakers and the pastors, they come up and they talk about the fact that we, we misuse the word love in, in our society. In American culture, we misuse the word love. You know, I love cheeseburgers, clearly. I'm a very well-fed person. I love cheeseburgers. I, I love playing video games. All these various different types of things. And it kind of loses... It's meaning in that. And so, I mean, I've heard this thousands of times and thousands of times. Now I have a confession for you. We're reading this, this book, The Jesus Way, by Eugene Peterson. I almost said Patterson. Eugene Peterson. I did not have this book until Friday afternoon. We've been going through this for now. This is the seventh week that we've been going through uh, The Jesus Way, the book, as a series. And I just got the book, and I just need, I felt like I needed to confess that to you guys so that you guys know, you know, yes, youth pastor, no, bad, not reading the book that everyone in the church is reading. One of the things that we're going to be talking about today is beauty and what beauty is. And, and in, in the seventh chapter of, of this book, The Jesus Way, that talks about the, it's sort of the second part of Isaiah. Last week we talked about the Isaiah of Jerusalem before the exile. And now we're going to be talking about Isaiah during the exile. And one of the things that he talks about is beauty. And I, and I began to think about it. Um, and and he, he pointed out in, in the chapter that beauty is something that we also, in America, have, have a tendency to just say, well, this is beautiful and that is beautiful. Uh, and usually it has something to do with the aesthetics of a person, you know, the physical appearance of somebody, or that's a, you know, that's a beautiful um, church, or that's a beautiful car, or that's a beautiful yard. Uh, my parents, by the way, they, they spend hours in their yard, hours in their yard, and it looks incredible. They, they live in a gated community, and they live actually, they're the house that you see when you're going out the out gate, okay? And they, they spend hours and hours in their yard, and it looks fantastic. All year round, it looks fantastic. And people, if my mom and dad are out in the yard, as they're going through the outgate, will roll down their window and be like, your house brings me joy because your yard is so beautiful. And that means a lot to my mom because she, of course, you know, spends hours working in the yard. And she wants it, other people to think it's beautiful because she thinks it's beautiful. And so we, we think of all of these things in terms of appearance, you know, physical appearance especially, about how things appear. That is what makes something beautiful. I want to read to you guys our scripture verse for the day. It comes from Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful, how beautiful 
on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. He's talking about not so much that it's the feet that are beautiful. It's not that, you know, my feet are beautiful. Trust me, I'm not going to take off my shoes and, you know, show you my bare feet because they're not beautiful. But what he's talking about is really the news. And the, the, the fact that what is beautiful is that the person who has that news is doing something about that news. They're bringing that news to other people. And that is a beautiful thing. I want to do something that's a little unconventional. And, uh, and uh, this is what I want us to do. I want everybody to stand up for a second, please. I want you to find one person in this room that you don't know, and I want you to share something, one good thing that's going on in your life right now. Okay? I want you to find somebody you don't know and share one piece of good news that's going on in your life. One of the things that I, I know uh, from regularly attending church and, and going to staff meetings, I have the, the added benefit of going to staff meetings and listening to David Minitsky do his, his little devotionals. And, I, and I'll tell you, my favorite part of staff meeting is the first, like, seven minutes when he comes in. Because and, and, one of the things is I'm just impressed. Every single time he leads a devotional in staff meeting, he, does, he reads Scripture from memory. He just sits there, and, and whatever passage it is that we're talking about that day, he just starts going, and he just starts quoting the Bible, and it's incredibly amazing to me. I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, it's so cool that he can do that, and he can teach in that way, that he can just, from his memory, be able to do that. And it's been a blessing in my life. But he's been really focusing a lot this year um, on community and the fact that we of Alamo Heights Methodist Church need to be experiencing community. I, in the senior high program, I've been working with the senior high kids trying to build community. And one of the things that we just experienced right now was community. We brought good news to other people, good news about something that's going on in our life. Who here likes to get good news, whether it's about yourself or other people? Okay, well, that's like half the room. Everybody else is still asleep. Um, that's okay. That's okay. I had a, I had a 12-hour youth event yesterday, and I got about four and a half hours of sleep last night. I'm pretty tired also. I'm with you guys on that. So we like to get good news. One of the things that, that fascinates me about good news is that when people have news to bring, they inevitably, when they come to me and they're like, Jason, I have news to tell you, they always have two pieces of news. They have good news, and they have bad news. And so what do they, they always say, every time they come to you, they have two pieces of news, and if it's bad and good, they come to you and they're like, I have bad news and I have good news, which do you want first? Who actually chooses good news first? I mean, be honest, who actually chooses, I want to know the good news first, tell me the bad news second? I'm taking that as nobody. Excellent. That's good. Why do we want to hear the good news last? Hope. Exactly. Hope. Well, give me the bad news so that I can be depressed, and then you can give me the good news and I can have hope. That's what good news is. Gospel. Gospel means good news or good tidings. It was referred to many times throughout all of human history in various different types of situations. One of the ways that we as Christians refer to the gospel as are the first four books of the New Testament. They are the gospels. Because they contain the good news of Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection. 
So we have this thing, these four things that we call the gospel, that's good news, and we know the, this good news. I don't know anybody, I don't know anybody, and never have met anybody, that doesn't like to give good news to other people. It's an extremely exciting thing. One of my spiritual gifts is encouragement. I thrive on giving good news. It, like, energizes me. I get excited about it. I'm like, yes, I get to go tell somebody some really awesome stuff. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's just really exciting news. But it's so exciting to give people good news. Isaiah, uh, in the beginning part in Jerusalem, he's hitting, his message to Jerusalem was, you people are awful. You are sinners. You have turned your backs on God. You have turned some worship into something that is not pleasing to God. That's not, that's not good news. People don't like hearing those things. I feel really sorry. Every time I read one of the prophetic books, I feel really sorry for the prophets. Really sorry for the prophets. I'm like, man, almost none of you guys get to give anybody any good news. No wonder everyone hated you. No wonder everyone despised you. Because all you did was sit around and tell everybody how bad they were and how much they didn't love God. That's got to be a rough life. So the beginning part of Isaiah is talking about that. You wicked people, you've turned worship into something that it's not. It is not something that is pleasing to me and it's supposed to be. In the second part of Isaiah, what we're going to be talking about today, he talks to the people. They're in exile. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to give them hope. And he calls it the gospel. I'm here to give you hope. I'm here to give you the good news. Yes, all these things are true and God has punished you and you are in exile. That's the truth. That is the reality of the situation that you're in. It is dark. It is drab. And you feel like you have absolutely nothing. You feel like your God has abandoned you. I went to seminary for a year and a half uh, before I came on staff at this church. The entire time that I was in seminary, I suffered from depression. The entire time I was there, I suffered from depression. Deep, serious depression. And I just could not find a way to get out of it. I had conversations daily with my mom or my dad or my sisters or somebody about the fact that I just was. Nobody can console me. No one could do anything. No one could say anything that would help me out of this dark part of my life. It was a horrible and terrible place to be for me mentally and emotionally and spiritually. I felt like God had abandoned me. My God who I served, my God who had called me into doing full-time ministry, had abandoned me. At least that's how I felt. Because I couldn't hear His voice. And I didn't know what to do if I couldn't hear God's voice. And so I just sank deeper and deeper into depression because of that fact. I couldn't hear God's voice, which is the only thing I knew that was going to be able to get me out of it. And so I just kept on going farther and farther into depression. Now, obviously, I'm no longer depressed. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. He got me through it. But it's only because I knew the good news. I knew that Jeremiah 29:11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to bless you, prosper you, and plans to give you hope in a future. I knew that God created me for a purpose. And I don't know exactly what all that entails. I'm only 28 years old. I have a long way to go. God willing. But the point is, is that I knew those things. I knew those promises of the Bible. 
And I had to keep saying them to myself over and over and over again. And you know what ended up actually finally working for me? I left Fort Worth and went to Austin, Texas, which is where I went to school. I went to UT. Yes, I am a Longhorn. Yes. And I went there and I spent a week there. And most of my friends were either working or in school and taking finals. And so I basically had five days while I was there, five days that for about nine or ten hours of that day, I was completely and totally alone and by myself. Which most people may not think, like in depression, that's maybe not a great place to be. But it was a great place for me to be because I fasted and I prayed and I sought God's word. I just read for five days. I read God's Bible for five days, ten hours a day. And it was great. It was awesome. It was fantastic because through that period of time, I started hearing God's voice in my life. And it gave me hope. And it was good news because he made me realize that all the promises that he has for me in his word are true and right. And that he does have a plan for my life. And that where I am right now in my mental and emotional state of depression is not where he intends for me to be. And he got me through it. And I found a job here at Alamo Heights Methodist Church. I've been here in a month. I will have been here for three years. I cannot believe it's been three years. Amazing things have happened. Lives have been changed, including my own. And I love being a member of this body of believers. And like I said, my gift is encouragement. I love to bring good news to people. It's exciting for me. But one of the things that I've also noticed, on top of the fact that love is an abused word and beauty may be an abused word or only refers to the physical aspects, I've realized another thing. People, for some reason, don't... Not people. I'm sorry. Christians don't seem to want to give the best news possible. I hear over and over and over again in ministry, I've been doing ministry for 10 years, and over and over and over again I hear people saying, well, you know what, that's why we have you, because you're, you know, you're supposed to be going into ministry and you're a professional Christian. Your job is to go make sure that all these things happen. When I picked up this book on Friday, I... Uh, I just sat down. It, I love cold, rainy weather. I love cold, rainy weather. And I just I opened up the blinds in my living room, and I sat down on my little king, on my big king's chair, and I picked up this book, and I just started reading from like the very the introduction and all the way through. And one of the things in the introduction that really stu- stood out to me was the fact that he, the, Eugene hates the term layperson. Hates the term layperson. And the reason he doesn't like that is because. He's just like, you know what, it's not, you know, layperson and pastor and all these other different types of situations. We are all followers of Jesus Christ. We all have the same good news to share with everyone. All we have to do is bring it to them. I've often thought about it in terms of like this. Um, I I was very gifted in math. Um, Don't know why. I hate the subject. Um, It's exceedingly boring to me. I'm very good. I got straight A's. in calculus class, I actually like finished the first semester of calculus with 100 average in the class. Um, so very gifted in math. And, and one of the things that we all in here can basically know, everyone of us in here knows the truth, that 2 plus 2 is what? 4. If you are a parent or a tutor teaching a child to learn how to do addition, and they say that 2 plus 2 is 6, what are you going to tell them? No, that's wrong. It's four. 
Good try, though. We're not going to let that child sit in ignorance. We want them to know the truth. We want them to know the reality of what things are. Here's the biggest reality. God loves you. He is actively a part of your life. Is there anyone in this room who has not heard the the poem, Footprints? Okay, good. Footprints, it's that story, the the poem, and it talks about the guy, he's like walking along uh, the beach, and he turns around and he looks back, and he notices that, you know, there's like one set of footprints, and then after a while there's two set of footprints, and then there's like one again, and then there's two again. And he's like, God, and he he asks God, he's like, God, I don't understand. You know, what's, what's with this? And God goes, well, when there was one set of footprints, that was when I was carrying you. The whole point of this poem is to encourage you that God never leaves you. God is always there with you. And not only is he there with you, but he is always working things in your life. He's always doing things in your life for your benefit to bless his kingdom. To make you be a part of what he has in store for the world. That's an incredible thing. In the 15 years that I've been a follower of Jesus Christ, that is my absolute favorite thing. That the God of the universe who created all things and keeps things moving and keeps things going and doesn't let us get too close to the sun or too far away from the sun. He wants me to be a part of his plan. He wants me to be a part of his kingdom. And he wants me to go and tell other people that he wants the same thing for them. That is good news. That's not just good news. That's the best news. And all that he asks of us is our faithfulness in doing that. When I was a kid, actually, I can't even say when I was a kid. I still act like a kid. I love movies. And, my, and I love reading books and I love reading you know, fictitious uh, stories. And mythology was fascinating to me because it just told of all these heroic and amazing and wonderful things that, that people did. And heroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, whatever, all those guys, they were heroic. They did these amazing things. And one of the things that I realized at that time was, was like, I want to be like that person. I respect that person, and I want to aim to be like that person. Because they're a hero to me. They're amazing people. And they bring me hope. I want to follow alongside of something that has good news for all people. Not just for my benefit, even though that is a very nice perk. But for all people. And it wasn't until I was 13 years old, 7th grader, that I realized that the only thing in the entire world, all those fictitious stories, they were just stories. But all the promises that God has to offer us, and the fact that He wants us to be a part of, of his kingdom and his work are in this little book. And I said to myself at that time, I was like, that's what I want. I want to follow after that. I don't want to be great for my own sake. I want to be great for God's kingdom. And here's the thing. God is making you great. I've heard many, many times in my life, especially since I believed that I was called into uh, ministry, that God does not call the equipped, that he equips the called. If you are in this room and you say that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, 
then he has called you into ministry and he promises to equip you along the way. Sharing good news is part of that. Everybody likes to get good news. My little exercise when I had everybody stand up and, and talk to somebody and share good news. Who, did you guys enjoy that? Did you like that? Did you like hearing other people's good news? Did you like sharing your good news with other people? Well, that's just good news from your, personal, from your personal life, and that's awesome, and that's great, and we need to share those things. We need to be sharing the best news. None of us are without excuse. Thank you again for coming, and thank you for letting me be here and part of you, your lives. I'd love to talk with you afterwards. I know that any of the other staff or any of the volunteers here would, would love to be with you and love to talk to you. I want to strongly encourage all of you to get plugged into this church in some way. Chair ministry, Stephen ministry, something. There are tons of opportunities for you to serve and be a part of God's kingdom in this body of believers. All you've got to do is answer God's call. Let me pray for you. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for the opportunity that, that you want us to be part of your work, that you want us to be part of the kingdom and the amazing things that you have in store for this world. Lord, help us to share the best news. Help us to be a community who loves each other. Help us to be a community who supports each other. Most of all, Lord, help us to be a community that follows faithfully after you. We pray these things in your precious Son's name. Amen.